3,150. 3,150. 3,150. There are 3,150 unreached, unengaged people groups. That means that there are people that have absolutely no access to the gospel. They have no churches. They have no Bibles. They have no no one there to translate anything. They have nothing that they can help understand the gospel. As Jared said, that's why there's missions today. My name is Trey Rhodes and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church. It's great to have you along as we uh, go through the sermon last week, which was Jared Davis, our International Mission Board missionary uh, to Eastern Asia, and it's a ple- it was a pleasure to have him. What a great man, what a great man of God, and what God is using him for. It's a, just so incredible, and I just think it is so appropriate that during this time of the year, when we are thinking of giving, that we concentrate and focus on our international missionaries as they give uh, selflessly, constantly, and continuously to those that they are called to. In Jared's situation, it's called to the people that speak Mandarin Chinese and uh, in the Eastern Asian world, and it's just been incredible to hear what God used him for. So uh, we're going to be going over the sermon just real quickly, the best we can. Uh, I took notes, and I hope you did too, and kind of remind us what the message was about, and then we'll jump straight into the questions. We're going to be dealing with Revelation 7 and Matthew 28. So if you are a Life Connection Group leader, care leader, or uh, a substitute teacher, or just a uh, someone that's teaching the class, or just want to get involved, we appreciate you coming along and listening. And we, we know that uh, God can use you to help teach the Word of God to small groups, whether it's our Life Connection groups here at Northwood or whether it's something you're doing on your own. We appreciate all that you do. Uh, We're knocking on the door of having over a thousand listens to our audio study guide, and that's awesome. Appreciate all of you that listen and and really put a lot of effort into what we're doing here at at, uh, Connect to Northwood and uh, our Life Connection groups. All right, well, as we said, 3,150 is the number of unreached, unengaged people groups. Now, unreached means that there's 1% or less that have opportunity to uh, hear the gospel and be saved, probably uh, very few. There's many countries or many people groups where there might be just a few Christians. But the thing about this number, 3,150, that means that there are no one, there is no one and nothing and no resources, they have no access to the gospel. And they die just in East Asia, if we talked about, to the tune of 43,454 every single day going into eternity without Christ. Uh, That's in East Asia, 3.2 billion people in East Asia, and that many are dying without Christ. In our world, over 155,000 is what he talked about. Those numbers are just for us as Christians, should be completely unacceptable. Now, if somebody rejects Christ, there's not much we can do to other than share the gospel and share it over and over again. And those of you that were in the um, How to Witness session that we went on Sunday night, then we talked about that, that sometimes you just have to start. You have to 
you have to plant the seed, you have to water the seed, you have to one day maybe collect the harvest. So you have to start the process of sharing the gospel. And that means that there are times that you're going to share the gospel over and over and over again. As we read Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, we learn that God's desire, and not God's desire, I should say even more than that, God said that there will be every tribe, tongue, language, and nation worshiping around the throne. That's not something that we can hope for. That is something that is absolutely true. That is something that will take place. That is a promise of God that will come true. So what we want to do is to be a part of what God is doing. And that not only goes with Revelation 7, but if we want to be a part of what God is doing, then we get to go. We have to go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples. And uh, so as we make disciples, we will see it happen over and over again. Um, so we want that to happen, all nations worshiping God together. And we, as we find out how many people will be around the throne, you know, we think about all these, he talked about all these stadiums that are out there. Uh, we're sports crazy here in the United States. And all these stadiums that are filled to watch football or to watch soccer or to watch baseball or to watch whatever it is, college, pro, whatever it is. But that will not even touch what's going to happen one day when we are gathered around the throne. Um, God's interest is that, as we said, all tribe, language, people, and nations. Um, and so <clears throat> there are 3,150 that will not be there as of today. So that is why we have missions. So uh, we, are, we are on the winning side. If you know Jesus, we are winning. And we don't have to worry about that. So until we are all with Jesus for all of eternity, we have plenty of work to do. God's chosen us to work with these people. That's why, as believers, we send our best and our brightest to suffer and to labor because there are 3,150 people groups that still don't have that opportunity. Um, so we are compelled by the command of God in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And uh, I think you probably all know this by heart. But the Bible says, go therefore into all the nations, uh, uh, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and make disciples. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. So that is what our goal is in the Great Commission. That is what our plan is. There is no plan B. It's to go, to make disciples, to teach, and to baptize the people that desperately need Jesus. Now, for that to happen, it's going to take all of us working together. So you say, well, I can't go to the mission field. We're not asking you to go to the mission field. Now, if God does, you need to go. And I wouldn't mind you saying that to your, your Life Connection group. You know, they, there are people, not everybody's called, but the problem is there are a lot of people that are called that aren't going. Okay, so the primary verb in, in Matthew 28, 18, 20 is make disciples. And then there's happy, the helping verbs, if you remember, go. That's a passive go. That's the idea of wherever you go. When you, whatever life situation you find yourself in, that's where you go. Uh, we are baptizing. That's another helping verb. And then teaching is a helping verb. Uh, and these things are not done for just a special class of believers or a special class of pastor or a special class of you name it. We are commanded, every single one, every person that you are looking at in your Life Connection group, every one of you that teach a Life Connection group, we are all commanded to be involved in that, in that great commission. 
Um, you know, we decided as a church, and, and uh, I don't know if Jared had anything to do with this, but I think that same spirit of we cannot wait for COVID to be over. Why? Because we go back to that number we talked about. Regardless of whether COVID is happening or not, we had 43,454 that are going to die without Christ. So we cannot wait for COVID to be over. We cannot wait for all the things that we thought we need. So what they did is they decided that they would start sending missionaries. And during COVID, uh, they were able to send five more couples. Uh, but the good news is, is that their brothers and sisters from Malaysia were able to go as well during that time. So that is the goal. So here's our task. It's six parts. Um, and, that, and that is that we, we gain entry, we enter the people group. So that's what we call incarnational missions. Yeah, it's good to have radio. It's good to have TV. It's good to have the Internet. All those things are great. But God designed missions to be incarnational, where it's people working with people. Uh, then once we get in there, we, we establish ourselves, we get to know them, we share the gospel. We've got to start the process. Every single missionary starts the process of sharing the gospel. Then we make disciples. And once we make disciples, we teach them to observe everything that Christ commanded. And then finally, they send them out. So once that happens, they don't just sit there on their blessed assurance. The idea is to send them out. That's what God designed. What God's design was from the very beginning. So here's the cool thing about what we call our, our missionaries are that we're sending out um, our brothers and sisters from Malaysia and Taiwan and other places around the world. Six percent were those people missionaries in 1970. In the, the missionary force that was around the world, only 6% were from anywhere other than Western countries, what, what is called now majority countries. And um, uh, the rest were from those majority countries, so 94%. Here's the cool thing, is that 47% are now from majority countries and 54% uh, are one day or from, let me, let me say it right, we're the, we're the minority countries. They're, they're the majority countries. Let me say that back. I said that backwards. So 47% are now from the majority countries with the idea that one day they will have the opportunity to take that over. We, I, I can't remember the exact, but then the next few years we're going to have that opportunity to watch those people take it over like they should have been doing all along. Uh, we are all going to work together to accomplish the purpose and plan. Doesn't mean we're having any less missionaries, by the way. It just means that they're giving more. Uh, so we had the per the picture of, uh, you know, the the beauty of this first commissioning service. We saw the picture of it. Uh, they're trained, and uh, they went from their environment, and then they went to another. So here's the challenge for us: uh, that we, as God's people, you have the chance to know Jesus. Okay, so everybody in the sound of the message of, of, of the gospel, that whether it's in church or whether we're going on the streets or whatever, they get that opportunity to hear Jesus. So here's the second challenge. Do whatever the Lord's calling you to do. Whatever God is calling you to do, if it's to go to your, go to your friend next door, it's, if it's to uh, become involved more in missions where you are, whatever it is, you go ahead and do that. Don't disobey. Uh, there are... Uh, and we can all find good reasons not to obey, can't we? Well, you know, 
Uh, I don't know that uh, that's good for me right now. I don't want to. I don't want to be able to uh, not get my raise in in the future. Uh, I I don't want to make have people make fun of me and ridicule my children because of it. We we can all find good reasons not to obey. So we need to get rid of that and do whatever the Lord is calling you to do. And then fourth is repent and confess and do God's will. So there's lots of things that we need to repent of as, an, as, as, as individuals, as the American church, and we need to get our act together, confess it before God, put it before Him, and then say, God, I'm going to do your will. Why do we do that? Because there are 3,150 unreached people groups that are waiting to hear the gospel. Don't be that person. Remember the story he told about what do we do with our grandparents now that we're saved? What happened to them? And Jared had to say, well, they're in hell. We came too late for them, but not for you. And if they would tell you anything, they would tell you from hell to get saved. Go to Luke chapter 16 if you want that information about the rich man and Lazarus. So that is what we are called to do as the people of God, to be a part of this throng that will one day worship around the throne and to go out from where we are and do whatever it is that God is calling us to do. All righty, let's jump into the discussion questions and talk about what uh, we need to do to uh, understand more about this. Uh, I like this first one, and if you're not familiar with Lottie Moon Christmas Offering or the people you're teaching or not, you might want to give a little bit of information. Lottie Moon was a missionary to what we call Inland China, and she was one of the first to go there. She literally gave her life, starved to death for giving away her food. She was a single lady, gave away her food so that people might hear the good news of Christ. And on the way back, she was so uh, emaciated from giving everything she had on the way back on the ship. She died, never made it back to America. To get better, she was going back to go to, hosp to the hospital. Um, so that's Lottie Moon, and she was one of those people that did exactly what God called her to do. And to this day, people are affected by this dear lady, this dear saint that gave her life that others might hear the good news of Christ. Um, so the question is, is I like this. Now that you know how he's involved and what's going on overseas, how did this message help you think about the importance of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering? So. You need to be encouraging your people to be involved in Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our goal is 40000 this year, um, and we're, we're, we're fully believing that we're going to give at least that. So you just have them uh, make sure you mention Lottie Moon and what that's about. If you want to do more information, more study, just go to uh, Lottie Moon on, on Google, and it will tell you more information you could possibly share in one meeting. All right, so uh, some of these questions are real good because it helps get them thinking about international missions. What has been your involvement in international missions? And how does that uh, compare to local missions and all those kind of things? And you, uh, you probably wanted to get on one or two of those. All right, let's examine the text. We're reading uh, Revelation 7, 9 through 12. Again, I'm not going to read that. But why did John write the book of Revelation? Well, he wrote the book of Revelation to simply tell that we win that in the midst of the most trying and difficult of circumstances, not only does God win ultimately, but God wins out every single day. Uh, God, it's the culmination of what will happen. It is the culmination all the way up to the garden being restored at the very end of Revelation 21 and 22. 
And it's, it's the culmination of that and, and all the, the, the hurt and the heartache and everything that goes because of the attack of Satan upon the people of God and how that goes. And that one day we will all gather around the throne. All right, why is the book of Revelation so hopeful for followers of Jesus? Because there is coming a day when we will win. We, we get the victory. Uh, and I know that it's been said many a time, but I, I want to say it again, and that is I read the end of the book and we win. So if we are suffering, we know that although we will suffer, because we will, and if you're following Christ, you will suffer for the sake of the gospel, the end is better than the beginning. God sees the end from the beginning. All right, Revelation 7-9 is a grand vision of the redeemed from every tribe, language, and, every, and tongue gathered around the throne of God. Why did God want us to have this vision? Because he wants us to know that we have got, if that is going to happen, he wants us involved. We are the part that helps make that happen. So this is about involvement. We want there, with, with the 31,000, 3,150 that have not heard, we need to make sure that they are engaged in hearing the gospel. So how is this vision encouraging for the followers of Jesus? Um, uh, why, why should the vision of Revelation 7-9 motivate us to live on God's mission? Because we, as I said, we want to be a part of not only that throng, but we want to be a part of making sure that those people are in the throng, right? We want to say, I was one. I was one that helped. I was one that prayed. I was one that gave. I was one that went. I was one that helped missionaries. I was one. All right, Revelation 7.10, what is the significance of the cry of the redeemed? Um, so when we cry out to God in Revelation chapter 7, verse 10, salvation belongs to our God who's seated on the throne and to the Lamb. The whole point is that we cry out to God and we point to salvation. That's why we do it every week at Northwood Baptist Church. And it points to the Lamb of God who is seated on the throne. Two, two goals of our worship. The kingdom of God being expanded and the glory of God for what we do. All right, Matthew 6, 28, 16 to 20. We quoted those several times. But what is a disciple of Jesus? A disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ that has been forgiven of their sin and is following him. Now, what does it mean to make disciples of all nations? That's the goal. That's what we, that is one of our challenges is to make people uh, those disciplined followers of Christ. It's not just to win them. It's to disciple them as well. Of course, we have to win them to disciple them. So don't underestimate the power of discipleship and the power of the Spirit working in someone's life. But it's our responsibility to help make them disciples, to help them follow Christ and to do His will and to do His words, do His way. You know, we, we talk about the, discipline, the disciplines of the faith and, and bringing those disciplines in the faith, whether it's our tithing, or whether it's our Bible reading, or whether it's our, our prayer time, or whether it's our fellowship with other believers, or whether it's our worship together. All those are disciplines of the faith. Um, so how does the church best make disciples of all nations? Well, we do it uh, when we, we do it best when we do it together, don't we? It's not something that we just have the few go. It's when we're all involved together supporting one another. All right, Matthew 28, 19. What does it mean to go? Well, to go means as you are going. You remember that? That's in the, in the natural realm of where you go and what you do. So as you are going, you share the gospel. All right, Matthew 28, 18 and Matthew 28, 20. Why is it important to know that all authority has been given to Jesus? 
Listen, when you go to somebody and you share the good news of Christ, you have every single bit of authority as the most powerful human on earth because you have been given the authority of Jesus Christ to share the good news of Christ. You have the right. You have the authority. Jesus is with us always. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be concerned whether or not he's going to turn his back on you because he will not. Um, apply the truth. Uh, how can you do a better job of living on God's global mission? Well, they're going to have to answer that question, but some ways they can be praying more. They can, there, there's ways that they can get on, uh, on the International Mission Board a website, and they can send you an email every day. I have a calendar that I pray through every day. Uh, there, there's just all kind of opportunities that you can share. Uh, we, Jared gave us that opportunity where you can actually contact, he will contact you with prayer needs that are coming out immediately, real time, and you can begin to pray instantly, not something that's months later. That is really cool. I've been doing that these last few days as I've gotten on his, uh, his uh, secured uh, text messaging system. Uh, if you want more information about that, contact me, and I'll try to get you on if you're not, or your Life Connection group is not. Uh, what steps do you need to take in your own life to be a disciple who makes disciples? Okay, that's again, they're going to have to say, hey, listen, I need, to, I need to make a commitment to be in church. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> I wish it was true. I, w I wish that everybody came every single week that they, you know, unless they're sick or out of town. But, I, you know, I never have understood. Well, maybe that's the, the, the discipline that they need to submit to. You know, start where you are and, where, and move where you need to go. I need to start reading the Bible every single day. You say, well, I can't do that. Well, can you read three times this week? Can you read four times this week? But do it disciplined and get up and do it early. Do what you got to do and get it done. Pray. Find out how to pray. I use the ACTS. You might want to use whatever you want to use. Yeah. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, which means the, the things that, that I want to happen. That's what supplication is. So how can you more effectively pray for God's work among the nations? Um, well, you can pray consistently for one thing. You can pray specifically when you know specific needs. I told you about getting on the International Mission Board, getting on an email that comes into you and using those prayer requests and, you, and praying for them. Uh, you can encourage missionaries. Uh, you can be a part of what we do when we, when we do things. You can go overseas. There's so many things that you can do. If you want to go overseas, you feel like God is calling you to go overseas, don't you worry about the finances. You go, God will provide, all right? And you tell your Life Connection group that same thing. What hinders you from living on God's global mission? Well, there might be a lot of things. It might be sin in your life. It might be pride in your life. It might be busyness in your life. There are just all kinds of things that can keep us from God's global mission. We can just, uh, we, disinterest, uh, or maybe just plain old hatred. I don't like those people. I don't, I, I don't like Africans, so I'm not, going, I'm not going on the mission field. I don't like uh, Chinese, so I'm not going on the mission field. You know, number one, that's sin of God, that's sin. How can you say that you love God and you've not seen if you can't love those who, who you have seen? First John, read it. Whew, that fires me up. Anyway. What will you do to remove those hindrances? Well, I think most of it is repentance, isn't it? It's confession, saying, God, I repent, I confess, I turn to you. I believe that I have fallen away from you and I need to come back. All right, respond to the truth. What do you think God is calling you to do in response to uh, these, these scriptures in this lesson? Maybe it's go to the mission field. Maybe it's pray more. Maybe it's get involved in, with an individual missionary. What is it? And then in response to this lesson, how are you going to pray? Lord God, I confess 
of my sin. I confess my sin of, of complacency, of nothing else. I can sin of complacency, out of sight, out of mind. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, very moving, and I'm so glad that so many of you participated, not only Sunday morning, but also uh, Saturday and also uh, Sunday night. Those were just some awesome times with Jared. And do con uh, continue to pray for Jared Davis, his, his precious family, and... Uh, and as they do the work of God, uh, I have good friends over there, uh, Jonathan and Tommy and uh, Guffey, who are serving in the eastern part of, of Taiwan, and also be in prayer for Jared as it looks like he's going to have to move again. So uh, just be in prayer for him as he does that, okay? Well, let me pray for you guys, and uh, let's uh, just do a great job with this. If you have any questions, of course, you can always contact me, Trey, T-R-E-Y, at NorthwoodBaptist.com and I'll do my best to help you think this through. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he died for us. And Lord, there is a dying world that desperately needs Jesus Christ. May we be those people who are involved, participating, and engaged so that these 3,150 unreached, unengaged people groups will be able to hear the good news of Christ. Maybe for the first time. Lord, use us in some way to reach this lost and dying world where 43,454 died yesterday without the opportunity to hear the good news of Christ. Break our hearts, O oh God. As the song says, break my heart for we break yours. Draw people to yourself as only you can do, God. And use us. May we be willing. God bless you guys. See you soon.